here we go on series six of Unmaking Sense. And a good place to start is to consider the phrase making sense, with the emphasis being on making. Because this series, which may well be the last, who knows, will be all about the way human beings make sense of the world in the sense of constructing sense, irrespective of whether the world makes sense in the way our constructions suggest. And just to cut to the chase, the central thesis of this series which will give you some idea as to whether you want to listen to any more of it or not, is that nobody has any idea what is going on most of the time. And that's not just to say we don't know what's going on around us in the most detailed sense in, let's say, nature, but that Nobody knows what is going on around them or us or the human race or in the universe most of the time. And even if they do, the interval of time over which their command, their predictions, their control, their understanding operates is pitifully small, incredibly small, probably within a day maybe within an hour, possibly within a minute, and yes, it could be within a second or even a millisecond or a nanosecond. The central thesis of Unmaking Sense in this series is nobody has any idea of what's going on almost all of the time. And of course that includes politicians, but what might interest some of you at least is that it also includes mathematicians, scientists, economists, historians and everybody else. Nobody has any idea what's going on most of the time. Since this is the opening episode of a new series of Unmaking Sense, I want to say a little bit about the reason why there was such a long gap between the last episode of series five and this. And the answer is very simple, that I was trying to understand something pretty obscure in the way that the present can't necessarily, and I will shortly argue, can't at all be understood as a product of the past. Now this comes from what I'm sorry to say is a a fairly esoteric area, which is the whole question of whether you can predict things because the way they are is intrinsically unpredictable. Uh, Let me give you an example. If we accept, just for the sake of argument, that the tossing of a coin is fair and is unpredictable, then if you know a million sequences of heads and tails, 
tells you absolutely nothing about what the next will be. Uh, you may want to say, well, if we had slightly more heads than tails, then there's a, a chance that it'll try and redress the balance. But that's not the way it works. The balance will be redressed statistically, but not, as you might say, by any um, intrinsic process that says, oh, we've had a bit too uh, a bit too many heads here. We better have a, a tail now. That's simply not the way it works. So the idea is that however much you may know about the past and indeed the present, it tells you nothing at all about the future. And there have been various uh, versions of this, but they, certainly in the mathematical sciences, the most famous of them is, is due to an Argentinian called Gregory Chaitin, and I might have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but the earlier episodes are so long ago now that I can barely remember. Gregory Chaitin basically said that, although I don't fully follow him in every aspect of this, the sequence of the world is largely like tossing a coin. I think that it's more interesting even than that. I think that there is a discrepancy, a discontinuity, a difference between the way we think the world is right now and the world, as you might say, really is right now. And that what corrects our impressions of the way the world is right now is the future, not the past. So... When we try to predict the future on the basis of the way we think things are, we're trying to predict the future on the basis of the way we only think they are, but not the way they really are. And so our impressions, which will be changed over time, I mean, for example, let's suppose we say something is a good thing or a bad thing. Now, what makes it a good thing? What makes it a bad thing? Maybe the immediate impact. But maybe an immediate impact that is, let's say, beneficial for me has catastrophic consequences for somebody else down the track. I might inherit a fortune, uh, find a gold mine, uh, I don't know what, uh, have some brilliant insight that I think changes the history of the world, but because I can't predict the future, my brilliant insight, sadly, uh, brings about untold bad consequences for innumerable people. Anybody who doesn't think this could possibly happen really needs to give it another thought. Understanding the world isn't the same thing as changing the world and Understanding the world certainly doesn't necessarily change the world for the better. And it will be in a later episode, a major thesis, that what we think we're doing right now may well be the best we can do right now. And we will argue, as we have before, that it's in a sense the only thing we can do right now. But it may still be catastrophic. In other words, an act of unimaginable generosity, kindness, benevolence now, which is absolutely the right thing to do. And there's no, no other argument 
may produce untold suffering later. And you may say, well, then why do it? And that's the answer to that is because the same would be true of any other act. In other words, the mathematicians among you would, would know this as a martingale. Whatever we do now, we'll have just as much chance of being beneficial or not in the future as anything else we do now. So we can only do what we think best, knowing that it may prove the worst, because we can't possibly do less than the best. Why would we? Because we can't predict the consequences of that either. In other words, let's suppose A is the best we think we can do and B is the worst we think we can do. There's no way of knowing whether the consequences of B will be better or worse than the consequences of A. So if A is the thing that we think it's right to do, we should do what we think it's right to do. We should do A. And we'll come back to why another time. So we are now going to unmake sense in the most radical way that we have. And the most radical way we have done so far is simply to say we need to live the present because if we can't learn to live the present we can't expect to live the future we can't really predict the future but we're now going to say something even stronger we're going to say we must live the present because nothing we think about the future is guaranteed to be true and everything about the future is just as likely to be true as anything else So whatever we do, maybe for the good or for the bad, and that's the way it pans out. So, given a choice between being kind and being unkind, we should be kind because at least being kind achieves some present benevolence and benefit, but being unkind doesn't. I know there will be people who think the opposite. There are people who are predisposed to be unkind, And they will therefore behave accordingly. That's just the way it is. And somebody may want some great divine or universal hand to come down and chastise those inclined to be unkind. But I'm afraid that's just not the way it is. And learning about that and learning to live with the fact that that's the case is a major part of unmaking sense. Because... Most of the things that human beings think make sense of the world, make fraudulent sense of the world, make a sense of the world that simply doesn't bear close scrutiny. And that includes, and we'll come back to this, mathematics, all the natural sciences, certainly all the human sciences, and absolutely certainly all philosophy and religion. So, this is going to be a blockbuster series, series six of Unmaking Sense, where we will successfully, and I think demonstrably, conclusively and persuasively, unmake sense of pretty well everything. Thank you for listening.